Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch. But just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I am joined by Simon Von Bromley. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most contentious subjects in bicycle design. And that is bottom bracket standards. Now specifically, we're going to be discussing Simon's fringe belief, extremist (laughs) belief, that press fit bottom brackets are inherently better than a threaded bottom bracket. Now, if that all sounds Greek to you, don't worry because we are going to go from the very top we're going to discuss what a bottom bracket is, what a press fit shell is, their supposed pros, their many cons, <laughs> and then come to a conclusion on which design is in fact better. So Simon, let's go from the very, 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 very top. What is a bottom bracket? So a uh, bottom bracket is essentially just the, when, when people talk about the bottom bracket, they're essentially just talking about the bearings, which kind of uh, house the, the cranks. Mm-hmm. And so obviously when, when you pedal the bike, the cranks spin and... In order to do that, you know, the crank spindle sits within a couple of bearings on either side and, you know, a- as with any kind of bearing application, that just just allows that kind of free rotation without kind of you know, damaging the frame, obviously. And the bearings can be, you know, theoretically you know, replaced when they wear out, that sort of thing. Yes, and that's a key point where the vast majority of bottom brackets are separate from the crank set. It's a separate component which fits into your frame through a variety of means. And that's the kind of uh, the, the talking point of today's podcast. And for the very, very longest time, the vast majority of bottom brackets were threaded into the bottom bra- into the um, frame, weren't they? Yeah. And, that, and that's because obviously for, you know, the majority of time that bicycles have existed, bicycles were made out of metal. And of course, it's easy to tap threads into metal but then with the advent of carbon or composite frames 
It's not easy. And, and actually, really, it's not really done. You don't tap threads into carbon because obviously uh, cutting, I say obviously, might not be obvious, but cutting <laughs> threads into <laughs> carbon, this just isn't a good idea because you're kind of damaging the composite fibers and it, you know it, it's going to cause more issues basically you know if you've ever tried to drill a hole in a carbon frame as you know our technical writer oscar huskell will tell you not to do <laughs> but the, the carbon fibers will kind of splinter they it's not a you know then they're not designed for this kind of thing unless the area has been you know specifically reinforced and you, you know obviously threads are very thin they would be they would become very brittle easily damaged and so therefore it, this creates a problem. You know, you either have to insert a kind of, you have to bond in a metal sleeve, which you can then uh, tap threads into, or, you know, the kind of, what I consider to be the optimum solution is mm -hmm. to simply mould a precise sized hole for an interference fit, which is what a press fit really means. You know, you press the, bear, the, the kind of the raw bearing directly into the frame, you know, sometimes with a carrier, but, you know, again, in, the, in its kind of most optimum sense, you would just it without a kind of bearing sleeve or carrier and then you know the crank sits directly within those and you know in theory provided you've done everything right in the kind of manufacturing senses and the installation sense then you know everything should work fine and that's exactly it so press fit bottom brackets were introduced primarily to get around sort of manufacturing issues but there were other supposed benefits from i guess a sort of wholesale change in how bottom brackets are designed is that correct yeah, and, and and like you said, you know, so because we often this is this is the thing where I said you can bond an you know say an aluminium sleeve into a carbon frame, but then you're essentially creating a kind of weak point where that bond can potentially fail, uh, and so you know that it's not an ideal solution. Uh, and yeah, so Cannondale kind of was the the first major brand mm -hmm. to jump on the press fit bottom brackets bandwagon in the kind of two, early 2000s. I will very briefly say for the pedants out there, <laughs> for the, the sake of clarity, we are sort of um, skimming over sort of the various press fit bottom bracket standards that existed for BMXs and early Klein mountain bikes and all the other weird yeah. niche designs. We're talking about it going mainstream, going worldwide. Yeah, worldwide mainstream and kind of road bikes specifically, mm -hmm. because I think this has been a, you know, a, a real kind of, it's been a real problem mm -hmm. for the road bike scene, really. And, you know, to, for the mountain bike scene to, a, to perhaps a lesser extent, but for the, you know, for road bikes, you know, which in these kind of early 2000s were all about being super stiff, super light, all those things, you know, you know, moving, having, you know, not having to kind of bond in an aluminium shell was an easy way that brands could, you know, just cut 50 grams off their, off their frame weights, for example. And then, you know, Cannondale used their, they developed their BB30 system, which used oversized bearings. So they had a much bigger bottom bracket shell. Now Cannondale said, and you know, there are good, there's good engineering evidence behind this that it made for essentially stiffer frames. They used oversized bearings, which allowed for uh, oversized aluminium as opposed to steel. As opposed to steel crank spindles. And again, those were claimed to have a higher stiffness to kind of weight ratio. So it made for lighter, stiffer cranks, lighter, stiffer frames. You know, and in, like I said, in an era when everything was about being as light as possible and as stiff as possible, this was a very attractive combination. And, you know, from there on, BB30 was the, the earliest, but uh, was notably an open standard, so anyone could adopt it. But... 
Of course, it's the cycling industry. Why would everyone adopt one <laughs> single standard? And the uh, you described it as the bottom bracket wars of the uh, early 2000s sort of kicked off in earnest. It did, yeah. And I think from kind of that point on to around, I guess it, it may be around 2015, but every every manufacturer thought that they could kind of improve on it. Now, Shimano came out with uh, their own version, uh, BB86, I can't remember when that was. It first appeared on a Scott Addict, maybe 2008. 2006. 2006. And, you know, that works with the same Holotech 2 cranks with 24mm steel spindle. The only difference between the kind of previous Holotech 2 threaded bottom bracket and the new BB86, it used essentially the same bearings, but instead of having a threaded metal sleeve, the bearings were pressed into a kind of composite sleeve, and then those sleeves were pressed into the frame. Um, generally, that's considered to be one of the kind of better press fit standards in a sense. Well, I guess we'll kind of come on to that. But yes, every kind of every brand and their dog all thought that they could <laughs> they all thought that they could do press fit differently. And you know, part of this is because there were just a lot of problems, you know, and, and I think the kind of the crux of this this issue, you know, we're going to obviously come on to that is that it's not that press fit is inherently a bad thing you know interference fit bearings are used in bottom brackets in, are used in bottom brackets but they're also used in wheels in headsets and you know cars if you look inside your car you won't find any threaded bearings mm-hmm. now you know everyone will kind of scream back at me that well you know those all are, you know machined out of metal to highly precise tolerances but that's that point it's that last two words you know or last three words highly precise tolerances that's what we should be demanding not a kind of, you know, in my opinion, we shouldn't be demanding a return to kind of basically a less optimal solution, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, as we're kind of going on about a lot at the moment, bike prices are getting extremely high. Yes. So anyway, but kind of from the um, the uh, the bottom bracket bonanza of the 2000s, would you think, would you say it's fair to say that's where a lot of the issues arose where people's, um, well, in fact, better question would you say what well, what are the sort of primary issues people tend to have with press fit bottom brackets? So I think the the main issue stems from poor tolerances. And so if the if the if the you know the, the whole the size of the the bottom bracket sleeve or hole in the in the frame has to be very precise, you know, for the for because you know the bearings are made out of metal, and so they are they can be very precisely machined, and so. For an interference fit to work correctly, that carbon hub, sh- that shell has to be very, very precise as well so that the bearing will fit tightly, but not, you know, not obviously so tight that you can't get the bearing in. But obviously, if it's too loose, the bearing will, you know, move within the frame under the stresses of uh, pedaling. and that enormous will... pedaling power. Oh, exactly. <clears throat> and that will cause, um, and that will, you know, that can potentially lead to damage on the frame, which can make the problem worse. And then, of course, you know, left unchecked, and end up with a kind of you know at, at the at the minimum a lot of creaking, which is incredibly which annoying. is incredibly annoying, you know. And I and I'm you know really one for a quiet bike, <laughs> and I, I don't you know. So this is this is a problem pertinent, especially to a sensitive flower such as yourself. Exactly, I can completely understand. But you know, at the kind of worse end of the scale, and you know, Trek notoriously had problems with its BB90, for example. Um, you could, you know, end up with frames where the bearings just, you know, dropped, fit, yeah. dropped in and out. And, you know, Trek actually had to release oversized bearings for frames that had been 
essentially <laughs> rounded out rounded out by use of the normal bearings and you know eventually you know those kind of frames would become unserviceable and you know that is unacceptable simply unacceptable yeah. yes and i think it definitely soured people's opinions of the system and yeah you are absolutely right in saying that tolerances are um required to be very very precise for these bikes but the problem in large inverted commas was that it was introduced from the very very cheapest bikes right up to the very very top end and i guess the wholesale shift a lack of good tools a lack of good aftermarket options um you know there's been all sorts of creative solutions over the years to kind of get around press fit problems but they didn't really really properly hit the scene until quite some years after the system was introduced so safe to say it was a bit of a rocky introduction for what was in theory a good standard or a good set of standards that perhaps wasn't as well uh it's the execution. Yeah, execution it wasn't well executed but you know if you if you do execute it well then obviously like we said you can make kind of bikes with you know for the same kind of axle width you can make stiffer lighter frames with more tire clearance you know without having to kind of resort to creative solutions you know on the specialized diverge for example that has a threaded bottom bracket and in order to then add back in tire clearance it has to have a kind of solid carbon yoke on the drive side chainstay well, if you just used a press fit bottom bracket, you you could instantly gain, you know, two centimetres of kind of, you know, bottom bracket shell width. And then you don't have to have these kind of exotic design methods to get around this problem. Mm. And and I understand that, you know, Specialized would say, well, a threaded bottom bracket system's more easily maintained and that's good for a gravel bike. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I could also argue that the Specialized Diverge is a high performance bicycle you know, and, and when we kind of sit there talking about, you know, we'll, we'll often hear this kind of, especially with things that are components like wheels and stuff like that, someone will say, well, it's 100 grams heavier, you know, that's unacceptable. <laughs> and and yet, but then when it comes to this, everyone's kind of like, well, you know, obviously because they've all had their kind of fingers burned by, you know, bad experiences. And so, you know, I understand that, but it's kind of like, well, I'm willing to accept this non-optimal solution because I can't see <laughs> any other option. But I, I Like I said, I think the other option is just that bike manufacturers work to tighter tolerances. Before we get to the crux of your argument, uh, to make a specialised gravel bike uh, gag for you there, <laughs> um, what would you say are the advantages, you know, to, to kind of force you to say so? What are the advantages of a threaded bottom bracket system, Simon? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. 
you know, so the primary advantage of a threaded bottom bracket system is that they're very easy uh, for the user to replace. You know, you just need one tool, essentially like a big spanner Mm -hmm. designed for the bottom bracket, and it just screws in and out, right? But, But, and, you know, beyond the fact that, yeah, because it's a thread fit, you're not going to get any movement in the frame and therefore no, you know, shouldn't have any creaking. Um, that's, that's kind of really about it, you know. And I think people assume that because a threaded bottom bracket doesn't creak, that means you're getting, you know, you, ha- you don't have any problems. But it, you can still have misaligned bottom bracket mm. shell holes on either side of the frame. And, and, you know, so that doesn't mean you're getting optimum service life in your bearings or kind of, you know, they're not, they might not be spinning as kind of loosely as they should, for example. Um, you know, a kind of threaded bottom bracket shell can still, you know, if you don't maintain it and you like kind of, it can rust into the frame, right? Mm-hmm. And then damage, you know, bottom bracket threads can get damaged in your frame. You know, and like I said earlier, if you have a carbon frame, the kind of, the kind of bond between the metal sleeve and the carbon can get eroded. And, but yeah, like I think the main advantage is, sorry to kind of, you really are. You're just gunning. I can I've see kind of, I've diverted off. But the advantages are that they're user serviceable. So, you know, for people who like to maintain their bikes, it's very, very easy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have to say, like, I don't think, you know, press fit bottom brackets, they do require a specialist tool. And those, those specialist tools are typically more expensive. But at the same time, you know, if, if done right and the bottom bracket is a good fit, you know, been well well installed, properly installed and well maintained, you know, you shouldn't have to replace your bottom bracket bearings very often. You know, I've got a 2009 giant TCR at home and I think it's got the original bottom bracket bearings in it. Not everyone's as fastidious with their bike maintenance and cleaning as you, Simon. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps <laughs> not. But like, you know, that, you know if you're riding a kind of performance bicycle, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think we should just have high, kind of higher expectations in that sense. I guess my one, before we move on to press fit, my other um, sort of, foot in the pro threaded bottom bracket camp is that now I, I must caveat this and say that it requires very expensive tools but if you have access to a bike workshop or a good bike shop near you it is also easier to rectify some of the issues you described with the threaded bottom bracket you can face and chase bottom bracket shells for example yourself I've done it many many times it's a favorite job of mine it's extraordinarily satisfying however that's like a 600 500 pound toolkit to do that you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. <laughs> Unless you're buying stupid old frames from eBay like me, and in which case well, you're nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah, you know. But anyway, back onto press fit. So everything's perfect, Simon. We've got a you know a frame set that's come out of the factory. It's uh it's you know <laughs> it's built to a, a tighter tolerance than your excellent copywriting. You know, it is. It's watertight. What is the kind of like why is this just the simply most optimal solution in the world? You know, basically, you know, kind of for the reasons I've just said, it's kind of you, you can you can it's it's kind of lighter. It, it can kind of get rid of extraneous material. You can make a kind of bigger bottom bracket shell for the same crank width or Q factor, and that means you can have a kind of you know a stiffer pedaling platform. It's just a kind of more elegant engineering solution and kind of like i said it, it's w- what we do with bearings in in kind of every other application and you know even a threaded bottom bracket like a, that shell is has an uses an interference fit bearing mm-hmm. so it, it you know it kind of it's sort of mind-boggling to think that why not just get rid if you're going to press the bottom bracket bearing into a shell why not just get rid of the aluminium carrier you know it's just 
unuseful material that's kind of like essentially dead weight mm-hmm. on your bicycle. It's not kind of adding anything to the performance. It's just there to kind of, you know, stop a kind of problem that shouldn't exist. You know, it made sense in, you know, kind of made more sense when we had metal bicycle frames because you could just, you know, thread in, um, tap in threads to a, to a kind of uh, aluminium or steel or titanium frame and that wasn't such a problem. But even there, you know, you could just machine a precisely sized bottom bracket hole and use an interference fit bearing and it's still going to be, you know, a potentially lighter, stiffer, more kind of optimum solution. And, you know, we don't necessarily have, I'm not necessarily arguing for the kind of, that every bicycle in the world should use the most optimum solution. But when we're talking about kind of bicycles where, you know, we, we you know, thing every gram counts and you know every everything you know we're kind of high performance bicycles designed to be raced in the Tour de France or something it just seems to me like you know frankly a little bit disappointing that w- the industry is sort of going yeah we can't get that right mm. so yes that kind of leads us on to our next point we're leave- leaving behind this perfect sunshiny world to the the dreary drabness of reality and cycling technology what is the theory versus practice, Simon? What does it say, and what's the um, what's the current state of play? I mean, the current state of play is that a lot of brands are returning to threaded bottom brackets because of all of the issues that consumers have had, and so there has been a you know basically a huge demand from uh, you know consumers, and you know even even in the media, for example, you know bikeradar.com whenever a bike a new bike launches you'll see plenty of references to you know great to see a threaded bottom bracket return on this bicycle because um there have just been so many problems <laughs> you know creaking crank play low bearing service life those are the kind of main issues that have plagued press fit bottom bracket systems and and I don't want to kind of underplay the fact that there have been huge issues you know because there undoubtedly have been, and I'm not trying to deny that you know many many people have had their fingers burned, and and I think that's unacceptable. Uh, you know the bike industry should have done better. Now the kind of the, the problem is that you know manufacturing carbon frames uh, is you know it's a kind of hand most most most. Ha- most carbon fiber frames are made are laid up by hand. You know, Giant has recently introduced a kind of robotic system to lay up its, its TCR Advanced SL, but most bikes are laid up by hand, and then obviously, you know, they're laid up around a kind of mandrel. Then they're cured. You know, during the curing process, there's going to be an element of thermal expansion, and then afterwards, there's going to be an element of contraction as the bike frame cools. Now, making a very precise hole precisely sized hole in a carbon fiber frame, you know, isn't necessarily easy, you know. But, like I said, just because something isn't easy doesn't mean it can't be done. (laughs) And when we are spending extraordinary amounts of money, I don't think it's an unreasonable thing to ask for. Like, for example, if you had a a seat post, uh, you know, reamed out a seat post uh, tube, seat tube, and it was massively over or undersized, it would be an extraordinary moment and very very upset and you know you could argue we should expect the same yeah and and there are some brands that for example that make carbon fiber hubs Mm -hmm. you know lightweights uh wheel hubs are made out of carbon fiber and so there's an there are interference fit bearings within those hubs and you know obviously 
the bottom bracket is a kind of critical area because you're putting a lot of force. Mm-hmm. Some riders are. <laughs> <You're> not. <laughs> I'm not. Some riders, you know, are putting a lot of force through the bottom bracket area and you know, they're putting all their weight on the pedals, you know, and so any kind of issues that arise there are more likely to mm-hmm. be magnified. Um, but, you know, providing that it's properly done, you shouldn't have issues in the first place. And I, and I think, you know, like like you said, the, the current state of play is that big brands like Specialized have switched back to Fred and Bob brackets. They used to use a kind of their own version of BB30, which was, I think, OSBB61. OSBB um, you know, for various years, they they you know they were recommending that people bond in the bearings using you know retaining compounds like Loctite, for example, which you know like okay, so then it won't move, but then that also makes replacing those bearings if you ever need to because you know they wear out or whatever. That makes that very difficult. Now, Specialized says that it feels that a threaded bottom bracket system is the uh, the simplest and lightest bottom bracket system. For its bikes, you know, it, it says that it, the kind of Tarmac SL7 is, you know, one of the lightest frames it's ever made and has more tire clearance than previous versions despite having um, despite having a threaded bottom bracket. But but I'm sort of sitting here thinking, but you could have made it even lighter. Now, you know, regular listeners to this podcast or readers of my work wouldn't kind of know that I don't really care about 50 grams of weight. <laughs> it doesn't really bother me if a yeah. bike is 50 grams heavier. You know, it would bother me if it made a noise. And so I can understand that argument, but it still kind of just sticks in my throat a little bit when... Mm. I have to say one thing that just stuck struck me there as well as the... Uh, saying it's got a great retire clearance system before sure that's that's fantastic but they could have done it with press fit the reason they didn't is because nobody wanted to write anything bigger than 23 mil tires 10 years ago so exactly and you know but on the other hand canyon has come out and said that you know they're, they're sticking to bb86 which is the shimano press fit mm-hmm. bottom bracket standard and they're just kind of saying that they're paying extra attention to uh, tolerances and manufacturing processes with strict quality controls and and you know that's kind of where the problem lies is that, you know, a bike frame that doesn't meet the exact specifications for a interference fit bottom bracket bearing mm-hmm. that it's supposed to have, you just, just shouldn't make it out of the factory. You know, there's no way that those bikes should ever end up in the hands of consumers. And, it, you know, it's expensive to, to have good quality control. But, you know, consumers are also paying a lot of money for their bicycle frame. <laughs> yeah, for their bicycle frames. So I don't think it's unreasonable for them to expect that it should work as advertised a fair point simon two questions for you to finish what does the future look like for bottom bracket standards are we just going to make a wholesale shift towards threaded bottom brackets threaded bottom brackets and second question are you alone in this point of view what did the commenters <laughs> on bike radar think of your hot take so i will address the uh, the kind of first one first i really don't no, to be honest, you know, like a few brands, you know, you know, big brands such as Specialized, you know, when when they do something, they move the goalposts and return to threaded bottom brackets. That can be quite influential, um, you know, because they're one of the kind of most prominent road bike brands on the market. You know, Trek has decided to go for T forty seven, which or a variation is, thereof. Yeah, that's right, a variation, <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, so T forty seven is a kind of uh, it's like BB30, but threaded, yeah. essentially. It's, it's just a big, it's big BSA. 
big BSA, which allows you to use kind of oversized aluminium crank axles. And the idea is that, you know, you get the kind of best of both worlds. But yeah, I think in practice, you know, it also has its own difficulties with the kind of tooling is quite difficult to use and, and that and that sort of thing. And again, you know, you have to bond the aluminium shell into the carbon frame and you know, some a lot of brands are sticking to their kind of guns with this. You know, Orbea is sticking to mm-hmm. the threaded bottom bracket, uh, press fit bottom brackets. Sorry, Canyon is sticking to press fit bottom brackets. You know, like I think, you know, there's a bit of a split at the mm-hmm. moment. It'll be, I, I think, you know, ultimately it's going to be led by kind of consumer demand. Um, I guess the situation's slightly less complicated now in that. You know, for BB86, which um, Orbea and Canyon use, that is a well-established standard now. It all, by all intents and purposes, works very, very well. And the tooling in, you know, is in every bike shop in the land that's worth its salt. So, yeah, you know, it's it's perhaps less of an issue than it was maybe yeah, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but it is an interesting split. Personally, I think... Yeah, like performance road bikes will always have a sort of sniff of of press fit about them, and there will be a considerable number who who continue down that path. I think for mountain bikes in particular, gravel bikes, and a lot of road bikes, I just I just think people will succumb to the um, the peer pressure of uh, <laughs> going back to threaded because hate to say it, but it's very easy to switch an old uh, threaded bottom bracket around very very quickly, and that is an appealing thing for. People like me that like to um, trash bottom brackets on a regular basis. Yeah, and I, and I'm not like kind of ignoring that. And I, and I actually, you know, in theory, wouldn't necessarily disagree with that kind of assessment in the sense that you know, outside of you know high performance bicycles, maybe it isn't such a problem to make that compromise. You know, have a kind of few extra grams. I mean, like like I said on gravel bikes earlier, specifically, you know, having a threaded bottom bracket does mean you're going to have to have a kind of creative solution to tire clearance. You know, which yeah. might be a problem if you know tires continue to grow in when the way. We're all riding fat bikes on the road soon. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, because that's what the industry wants us to do, Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, it's it's really it's 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 kind of really it's really tricky in a way because you know one of the comments, especially like I asked specialized, why didn't you go for T forty seven? You know, because you'd had a kind of oversized bottom bracket before, and they said that. Uh, adopting the system would result in heavier frames, heavier bottom brackets, and take more care and different tools to install compared to a BSA threaded bottom bracket, but kind of didn't really justify Mm. that. Because to me, like you say, it's just big BSA. The tools are pretty much the same. Like the the heavier frames, well, either way you're bonding in an aluminium shell. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, the simplicity of a threaded bottom bracket for the kind of end user, undeniably great. Um, and, you know, when I've had to remove press fit bottom brackets from my bike before and, you know, you end up with one of those like push through tools and a yeah. mallet, you know, it feels stupid. Yeah. You know, when you're smacking a kind of a, tw- a, t- a, t- a two, three grand frame or yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I would like to see an introduction of bearing pullers. Mm. Um but yeah, for performance road bicycles, where you know we're kind of like arguing between you know, grams here and there, and you know, you know or, or like stiffness and watts and all those things, I I, I still think you know I, I would prefer it if we were kind of going towards that kind of you know platonic ideal. <laughs> you know, well, I've made quite a lot of Greek references today. We've done a good job. <laughs> well, we're very smart boys. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, like, you know, like you said, I think it is less of a problem these days because some of those uh, kind of solutions to press fit, you know, if you have a bike with a press fit bottom bracket that isn't, isn't perfect, there are, there are lots of kind of third party solutions to that issue by the mm. likes of token wheels praxis yeah wheels manufacturing praxis works for example where you get kind of um, bred together bred bottom. together bottom brackets that like you say kind of take up some of that mm. you know you thread the two parts of the shell together and then they kind of tighten against each other take up some of that uh and slack slack in the system exactly that's the right word and keep your bearings nicely aligned as it's a long threaded path yes and then of course you can you know hopefully unfread the bearings and you know unfread the sleeves remove them etc etc so you know if you have a bike with a press fit bottom bracket that is giving you trouble it is definitely worth exploring some of those solutions before you go out and and, you know kind of throw it in the sea (laughs) throw it to a turtle um but yeah i think my kind of you know to address the second part of your question yeah this is a, a highly controversial topic and it's very act- funny the things which yeah. get people agitated. Yeah. Myself included, I might add. If if you know, we we defined what a bottom bracket was at the start of this article, and if you were not aware that you know this was a thing, mm-hmm. you're in for a treat <laughs> <laughs> because this you know what the the kind of what bottom the question of what uh, bearing system is right for bicycle cranks is a hugely controversial topic I think because, it's, it, because it, of the reasons we've discussed. It ignites emotions because people have had bad experiences yes. and nothing winds people up more than essentially wasting money. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. potentially a great deal of money people are spending, so it's not really a surprise that it invokes Absolutely. heightened emotions. Yeah. It's, it's not something as um, sort of uh, emotionally led as, say, disc brakes versus rim brakes, <laughs> it's, it's, or sort of spiritually led. This really is about... Uh, people having bad experiences. It's yeah. a real surprise that you antagonized people with your uh, your controversial article. And yes. um, it's very, very hard not to feel sorry, essentially, for people who've had bad experiences. 100%. And I, and I, and, and I think that's, that's the thing, is I t- totally do sympathize mm-hmm. with those people, and it, and it shouldn't have happened. And I think, but my kind of plea... <laughs> to the impassioned is is not to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that well it's the system that's bad when actually you know it, it, the person you know if you've if you've had a bad experience with a press fit bottom bracket you know the person or the kind of entity that you should be blaming you know assuming that everything was installed correctly and you know you haven't just been mashing it mashing it in in kind of salty water <laughs> <laughs> and you know you haven't and you never 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 touched it with a grease gun or whatever then you know the, the the entity that you should be blaming is most likely the kind of manufacturer of the bike not necessarily the system and you know like because of all of these problems there are there are brands that i you know would think twice about buying a bike from mm. because it would be enough to put me off i would not want to suffer those issues but i would happily buy a bike with a press fit bb86 bottom bracket and you know and i and i have done so recently you know i brought another giant tcr you know i, I had it as a long term test bike and you know and i liked it so much it's such a great bike that i purchased it it's on its second year now you know i've ridden it thousands of kilometers you know, like you say, I look after my bikes, but at the same time, it's not like I take apart the bottom bracket no, and service it every weekend. You know, like the bottom bracket 
probably see the least maintenance of any part of my bike. Yeah. And and it you know, it's very fuss free. You know, like I said, and I expect it to be fuss free for years. Yeah. Conversely, you know, I have a uh, two bikes with a BSA bottom bracket shell that use <laughs> BSA 30, so 30 mil spindle, undersized bearings, one could argue. Uh, and I have no end of issues. Yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely yeah. drives and I've me been, mad. And I've been out on you with bike rides where we've had to bodge two Allen keys together oh, God, to yeah. tighten yeah. up your cranks because this, everything started to come loose. And so, and I think that's the thing is that everyone assumes that threaded bottom or BSA threaded bottom brackets or, you know, T47 is some sort of like panacea. Mm. It's just going to kind of completely solve all the problems. But if, ma- if, if manufacturers aren't kind of upping their tolerances, we're just introducing a separate set of problems. You know, if, if that manufacturer couldn't precisely size a bottom bracket shell, can we trust them to correctly bond in an aluminium insert into yeah. a carbon frame? Can we trust them to correctly align the two bottom, bra- bottom bracket uh, bearing shells you know, can we trust them to use appropriate size bearings in those mm-hmm. bottom bracket systems and yeah, not sell you something where the bearings are too small for the use that they're designed for? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, a very fair point. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing how these things uh, unfold. If anything, we've got lots more talking to do about it in the coming years on Bike Creator. And that's always a good thing for us to have on the homepage. But more generally, I hope um, consumers can get what they want now, at least. I hope, I hope the, the situation is a bit more rosy. They will at least, if it's not the most optimal system, they'll be able to ride with a creek-free system. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the last thing I want is is to see a kind of just, you know, wholesale return to, you know, the press fit bottom brackets and then just more creaky bikes. Yeah. That wouldn't... That would, sad. That would not be acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a shame that We've, you know, the kind of industry has been going on about this for so long. You know, I referenced an article that um, former bike radar writer James Huang, now of cyclingtips.com, mm-hmm. a kind of, you know, a rival website that I hear does good work. Sometimes, you know, it's no. all right. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, kind of, you know, in 2014, he, he wrote basically saying that the ultimate fix for creaky bottom brackets is for bike brands to improve their manufacturing tolerances and quality control processes. And you know that remains the case. Yeah, it's it's not. You know, for me, the re- a return to threaded bottom brackets isn't the solution that we all think it might well be. Well, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of people seem to think it is. But I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, you know, head over to bikeradar.com. It's a opinion piece under the features tab called Press Fit Bottom Brackets Are Better. And you can shout at me in the comments like the 50 other people have. <laughs> and you will do your very best to reply. It's one of your I favorite will. pastimes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and I'm, and I'm open. Healthy discourse. Absolutely. I'm, I'm open to all types of you know, opinions and experiences, as long as you're nice. Be nice. Be kind. Um, you know, I'm not kind of sitting here pretending that I'm sort of some sort of godly person talking down to people you know like i ride bikes too i buy bikes and you're not I, an engineer <laughs> i'm not an engineer and and i don't want creaky bottom brackets either you know mm-hmm. i think we all want the same thing we you know, we all want what we paid for what was advertised a quiet bike that works well lasts a long time you know spins smoothly yeah you know, we all want the same thing here you're a simple man <laughs> i'm a very complex man <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you very much simon i uh i will go away and nurse my wounds as i look at my bsa 30 bottom bracket tonight thinking i am running a suboptimal solution which i do every <laughs> single time i have to service the bloody thing anyway uh thank you very very much for listening as simon said 
do head over to his uh, his column. It is very good. It's a bit more in-depth than we've discussed here, and it's a very entertaining read. The comments are also very, very good. Some interesting insights, some good and bad experiences, and overall, a very balanced, healthy read. Um, as always, please leave us a cheeky five-star rating if you think we've deserved it. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and thank you for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends, or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 